1: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
0: This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103.
2: Good morning, our lines are open on 0818 103 103. You can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Email us across the show, Cork today at c103.ie. Bernie standing by, taking your calls and comments now across the show. And it's JP in for Patricia right through until one and ahead on the programme. We're going to hear shortly how the EU have ruled that petrol and diesel cars will be no more from 2035. Now we have heard about this proposal, now they have ruled. So we're going to discuss with Paddy Cummins of the AA and is this achievable? Many people are looking about going electric but can they first of all afford it? And secondly, the charging is a big issue because a lot of people don't want to be pulling up at an electric charge station and spending 20, 30 minutes there if they're in a rush they'd rather do this at home. Uh, But then if you look at the home situation if you have your own driveway many say maybe it's possible but a lot of people are living in housing estates whereby the parking space is not directly outside their front door and then that causes a problem if they have to apply for this charger in a space that's away from their home it may involve digging up the footpath and also, if the estate is a private estate not taken over by the council as yet, that lends to more problems. So that's only one aspect of many that people are asking questions about. And now that the EU have ruled this, and Ireland is looking at this from 2030, uh, is this achievable? We ask this morning. Your views are welcome. Text or indeed WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And also, as I mentioned there about council estates, many uh, of uh, private estates were built in the boom around 2006, but a lot of these estates have not yet been transferred into council control and this means that residents are footing the bill for footpath repairs uh, for street lighting and a lot lot more and while these residents pay their local property tax they're also hit in with higher bills to make sure the road is maintained uh, that the footpaths are not falling apart and that they are also fixed and that street lights uh, they must be looked after as well if there is a management company in place but even at that still people must pay a fee towards uh, that management company So the estate can be run properly for the year. Uh, But if the estate was taken over by the council, uh, there would be less of those fees. Anyhow, we're discussing this because a lot of those estates are here in Cork. It was raised at a council meeting and now local councillors here in Cork are looking for national government to get involved by way of funding. And also, have you noticed your insurance premium uh, going up over the last uh, maybe six months or so? Now, they warned you to go down. Many say they did go down, but some are noticing they're going up. And this comes from... From the insurance alliance, who have received calls and examples of how insurance for private car has increased, so maybe from September onwards. So maybe in the last three to four months, if you got your insurance renewal, have you noticed that it has increased compared to the last year? Let us know on what you have yourself witnessed when it comes to car insurance, because new measures were brought in to deal with the. I suppose, excuse you could say in one way, but what the insurance companies were telling the Oireachtas Committee that the high level of claims they had to pay out and the legal system charges, that was dealt with. So premiums were reducing, but still now we're seeing them increasing. So what is happening why are they going up again well, we're going to speak to the Insurance Alliance later in the program and we'd love to know if you were noticing that uh, increase in your private car insurance more so though over the last maybe four to six months depending on when your renewal was and also our file is along later in the program looking at crimes across the Cork area and if you have a pet that you want to question answered, well Pet Advice with Jane uh, she's along after 12.30 on the show this afternoon so that and more to come and our lines open on always 103 one hundred three. Text or WhatsApp. 0862- 862 hundred three one hundred three. And yes, you could win your way to Salou. More details on how you can win your way shortly on the program, but. And just going back to something that's making news this morning and this is how the government is looking now to unveil an additional package of cost of living support measures and this will uh, go ahead next Tuesday. It was the uh, Taoiseach Lev Racker uh, told the doll yesterday that this package would include both targeted and indeed universal interventions to help people struggle uh, with the rising bills we are all facing. Now he insisted that the measures would not be amounting to a mini budget and everything that they would deliver uh, will be in line with the perimeters that were set out within budget 2023 and while they look at this and they meet this morning it would seem the Green Party though as you would have heard there on news with Barry across the early morning Uh, they're looking to block the introduction of a fourth €200 electricity credit this summer and this morning as we speak there are crunch talks underway about this new as they call it cost of living package for households now the coalition when they all meet uh, the Greens are saying and they're going to argue that they would order a a different kind of rollout of further universal supports to families to offset their energy bills and that a credit in way of electricity credit should be delayed until later in the year. Uh, they argue that the most vulnerable families should be prioritised for support in the coming weeks uh, through the existing social welfare system. And with measures such as extra fuel allowance payments and increases in the working family payments likely to feature as part of the discussions, uh, the Greens' position is that it would make sense for the coalition to wait until the autumn and winter to roll out further universal energy supports to Households when utility bills are likely to be higher. So, would you agree with the Greens on this? Stop the energy credits and then continue them in the autumn winter months, or do you feel? that they should be let run across the year and while vulnerable families could be looked after as well do you feel that the energy credit you get is a huge weight off your mind when you get that big electricity bill ill into your household you know uh, that the credit is there of 200 euros so would you like that to continue across the summer months or do you agree with the greens and feel that this credit Some people are receiving this that are well able to pay their electricity bill. They may be wealthy families and they are getting the same credit as those who are struggling. So uh, do you agree or disagree? Some people have mixed views on this. Your views are welcome. Uh, Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. But the Greens are going to block the fourth uh, €200 credit that is due to come in this summer. And then speaking of money, and maybe some would say money, Uh, That could be wasted. Uh, Taxpayers' money that is all our money. Uh, Michael Collins, the Cork South West Deputy, Independent Deputy, who we spoke with yesterday on the show, uh, overnight this came to light and uh, many of the rural TDs are calling the government's greenwashing costs. Basically, what's happened here is €124 million has gone to Slovakia. Why? Well, uh, this week the Cabinet approved the purchase of 4.1 million carbon credits and they purchased those from Slovakia at a cost of 2.9 million euros. And this was to help meet Ireland's 2020 target when it comes to carbon emissions. Uh, but the deal, uh, the rural TDs are saying, is exposing the fact that Slovakia was allowed to increase its emissions by 13% by 2020 compared to the 2005 levels, while Ireland had to reduce its emissions within Pacific sectors of the economy by 20% and under, again, EU regulations. So this means, according to to the Rural TD group that Irish people they say are again being unfairly burdened to achieve unrealistic net zero targets and that the Slovakian government that they negotiated a better deal with the EU compared to Ireland and that the Irish people are bearing the heavy burden of achieving these unrealistic targets but when you see and look at the cost that they have paid that the government have paid for these carbon credits that uh, maybe we are meeting our 2020 target but still million euros was paid. So overall, it seems we've spent uh, 124 million over the years when it comes to green costs and and making the the country uh, meeting all our various green targets. And when I say green, I mean the carbon uh, targets that, that are set out across the world and here in Europe by the EU. But when you look at that money, I mean, that money could have gone to the health service. It could have gone into housing and maybe roads, even though that might, when you say carbon footprint, that might go against what it's for. Uh, but even public transport, in, increasing the amount of public transport we have in this country. They're looking at the railway lines, maybe reopening more railway lines, uh, rather than spending and giving £2.9 to Slovakia to get these carbon credits, which look makes Ireland look well. And we might nearly meet our target, uh, but we have spent nearly €3 million Euros to do that, and we have a metro target in reality, we've just got these credits from another country that makes Ireland look good but we've done nothing. Uh, and yet, then we are in a situation elsewhere in the economy, elsewhere in society where we could have used that money better. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. 0818 103 103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. <laughs> Lines open 0818 103 103 you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 A lot of calls and comments in on what we just spoke about there. This was with regard to the Greens and what they suggest that we should not be giving uh, the country another €200 Euros electricity credit this summer. We should wait until later in the year and look at other measures to help those that are struggling. A texter says that is correct. €200 Euros for 2.2 2 million households is €440 million, Or a €1,000 for the 4000 k fuel allowance recipients is €400 million. Euro. The Greens are spot on in what they are saying while somebody else agrees and says, yes, I do think for summer months we could use the money in this country in a better way. Uh, Anya saying similar that we need to look at the country's coppers and not misuse the money. Uh, While there are people struggling, there are many wealthy people who are receiving this €200 credit that don't need it. Surely now they've had enough time to target uh, this payment so the correct people get this money, says Anya on text to 0862103103. While somebody else says, JP, the Greens would be no loss if they were we're gone, says a text there. Uh, your views are welcome on that. You can call Bernie on the phone 0818 103, 103 or indeed WhatsApp or text 0862 103 103.
1: This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at C103.ie.
2: The EU has ruled that from 2035, motorists will not be able to purchase any new petrol or diesel vehicles. Paddy Cummins from the AA joins me this morning to discuss this. Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning. Now, a lot of talk about this across 2022, but now the EU are making it clearer. And it seems this will now take place following their ruling. But the majority of people are asking us this morning, is this achievable? So many are looking to go uh, green and looking to go electric, but getting an an electric charger installed in their homes, especially living in a housing estate, is like they're coming up against a brick wall. So do you think these targets are achievable?
3: Well, look, I, I think there's a couple of things to, to focus on. in this initially is that you know, it's, it's motors won't be able to buy any new petrol or diesel vehicles um, within within that period. So you know, from that period on, so it, that largely puts it into the hands and responsibility of the manufacturers of the vehicles to provide them. So. They themselves are under uh, considerable pressure and will face lots of fines if they don't manage to deliver the vehicle. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, people listening out there are thinking, oh, God, you know, I drive a, a petrol car, I drive a diesel car. It, it's not going to be that someone's going to come along in a truck and take it off. you. So for it's it will be the case that for anyone going out to buy a new car, you know, in 2035, which is still a little bit, bit away, you have to remember, um, they won't be offered the, the the new petrol or diesel car. And by that stage, we would imagine that the uh, EV penetration will be big. But it doesn't mean that everyone will still be um, driving. You know, obviously, new cars make up a, a considerable portion of our car park, but they're not in the entirety. To answer the question in terms of, you know, uh, ele- you know, electric uh, charging points, etc., we are starting to see solutions coming on stream where there's things like. Uh, charging coming from lampposts, which is, uh, what, what covers off people in, um, in this uh, on, with on street parking. And also we are, we will see improvements in hubs and improvements in, uh, apartment block, uh, charging as well.
2: Yeah and I have seen a huge difference in Limerick in particular outside Limerick City a lot of the petrol stations have huge areas where you can charge we're not seeing that really here in Cork as yet though but what we're hearing this morning Paddy I'm not too sure if you're getting this from AA people living in housing estates the parking space is away from where their actual front door is and they're finding it hard to get an electric connection to the parking space outside of the whole charger situation they can't get a connection without digging via uh, footpaths and roadways so so is that something that will have to be looked at further as well? If if everybody wants to go this way, it's trying to go electric, but it's impossible to get this installed in a housing estate situation.
3: Well, you'll see an ex- you know solutions like the, like that come up where there'll be uh, a hub. You know, I know that in those sort of housing estates, sometimes at the end of a road there's a there's a group of three or four or five parking spots for people. In that case, then. It would be a charging point with a number of leads coming out of it. Um, we, you know, we if you if you come, I don't know if you have them down in Cork, we have I've seen them in Dublin and places like Malahide and Saint Industrial Estate where where the the the, the lamp are used, and it's a really great solution. So so say at the end of an estate, you could have a street light, but you could have cables coming out of it that will provide the charging point, and they won't be quick, but they'll be enough to char- to top people up overnight. The other thing to remember as well is that. And um, as the technology improves and as the range improves, it's not that it's not going to be a situation where people are going to have to charge their car every single day. Uh, you know, we recently in the AA did a, a drive from <laughs> Mizen Head to Malin Head. Yeah. I with remember that one charge of one charge of electricity. So that shows what the, what sort of the progress has been made with the technology as well.
2: And for those, as we mentioned, the car manufacturers who are going to, a lot of the, the major uh, car producers are going to stop producing petrol and diesel from 2030. And many have indicated that the dealers here in the Cork area. So people will be looking at going electric. But if you do stay with your petrol or diesel, uh, the report from the EU is saying that what could happen is you will be switching to biofuels if you have an older vehicle. That then means converting your car. I mean, can you see that happening or will people just make the switch?
3: I, I don't necessarily see whether you'll have to convert your car. I think, it, you know, initially what will happen is that the blend, um, in terms of the amount of fuel, amount of a uh, biofuel percentage in the fuel that's being sold, will be changed initially. We're, we're, we're not far away from moving to a fuel called E10, which is a uh, it's just an it's a higher blend of biofuel within the uh the fuel and that's there's not been a lot being talked about that at the moment but that is actually coming our way fairly soon now 99 percent of cars that we're driving out there won't miss a beat uh driving those but some this does affect older classic cars so there are people who are driving you know maybe a recreational old beetle or something like that w- who'll have to put an additive into their car in order to let that in so what we'll see is probably a mixture and there are lots of cars out there that people are already in that can take a higher percentage of biofuel. So I think initially we won't need to worry about that. And certainly in 2035, we, most people out there won't be still driving the car they're in right now.
2: Yeah. And then if we do, if many people are, for example, holding on to those older cars and do drive petrol and diesel cars beyond this date or any proposed date we have here in Ireland. I mean, could we see fines being hit on people? Would it ever come to that, do you think? Or is that just something being proposed?
3: I, I don't see it being a, a situation of fines because I, I think you know, if you look at it uh, you know, if if the petrol that's coming out of the of your local Circle K or Texago doesn't work in your car, you know, that's that's a, that's a preventive enough measure enough that you will have to either put an additive in or change your vehicle so i i don't think you know i i don't think this is an issue that anyone listening today is going to have to worry about in the next uh you know five ten years you know we're 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 still about 2035 is a little bit away so but look gradually what you're what you're going to see anyway is that the cars that you're buying when you change your car to a new vehicle is going to become increasingly capable of running on uh, slightly different fuels, and they're becoming electrified anyway. We are moving slowly towards that. You know, we even even Blackwater Motors now this week in Cork have have, have taken on the franchise of a new uh, Chinese uh, brand called Aura. Uh, so you you know you're seeing greater availability of of electric vehicles coming on stream and you, and yeah and I think that's they're going to become cheaper now. Look, I say that in inverted commas because they are still expensive, but they are starting to come down. And those cars will you know in the next four or five years you'll see quite a shift in in the affordability of those.
2: And Jason is a truck driver. He's asking when we speak about cars, everything, all vehicles will be going this way. So lorries, trucks, we can see buses already in some parts of the country going electric.
3: Yeah, for, for I know it's more difficult for hauliers because you know electric vehicles and and weight and extra weight don't aren't, aren't a match made in heaven. But yeah, we've seen electric vehicles electrical buses, electric buses rolled out in Atlone recently. You will start to see them. Um, There's hybrid buses around Dublin, and I think, in a few in Cork as well. You will start to see, uh, you know, we have in the AA are, are, are now looking towards moving towards electric vans, for at least for part of our fleet initially. Um, but, the you know, the challenge with those is certainly for an AA vehicle that carries around an awful lot of equipment in the back that it doesn't make the range that clever then.
2: Yeah, and when you're speaking about range and charging, something that always comes up, especially the winter months, uh, are the worries we had last winter know, didn't come to fruition. But are our demands on the national grid able to meet everybody going electric?
3: I think at the, I think at, it's it's a challenge at the moment because um, we are at a stage where we have probably we were we had loads to charging points and not very many vehicles for a while. Now the sales have increased dramatically. We probably aren't facing any issues in the short term, but I think there's going to have to be an examination of, of uh, you know the the growth in this in this and then also the timings, especially you know as you mentioned it with housing estates, if people are coming home at six o'clock every evening and all plugging in at the same time, does that present any problems? Uh, you know I haven't seen any brilliant data that says everything is is a hunky-dory right now for that but um again this is something that has to be factored in in the future um as we as we move because the, the growth is quite staggering in terms of uh, of ev sales from what was a very low base
2: yeah and michael in middleton asking then what are the plans for all our petrol and diesel stations which you you mentioned there i presume they will slowly then start changing to charging points and still offering their their shops and their deli counters
3: yeah, I mean, the petrol retailers would say that they're not making very much money from fuel as mm. it is. They, you know, they make more from the, from the cup of coffee in, in profit terms than they do petrol and diesel. But, you know, I recently sat down with, with, with one of the bosses in Circle K for a podcast and, and was asking them that very question. And, and they said, look, they point to the example of Norway, their own, um, you know, their own Circle K outlets in Norway. If you go to one, it, where in Ireland, the EV charging points are buried at the back, it's now flipped the other way around. So the, and you go through Circle K in Norway and there's electric charging points all towards the front, all fast chargers, and you, you have to go around the back to find the, the old dusty petrol and diesel charging points. So, so I'd imagine that would be the way. That, and look, they, the retailers know that. They, they'll shift towards that. But then, of course, then in, in the future, we'll, we'll be looking at having a, a discussion about hydrogen as well. Mm. At another point, which is another one in the future, which is obviously the holy grail for lots of people, because that's just literally water droplets coming out of the, of the tailpipe.
2: Yeah, and that could happen around the same time. So we'll wait and see what the future holds. It's interesting and a lot of people are interested in what they will be driving over the next 12 years. For the moment, Paddy, uh, thanks for joining us on the programme. Take care about it. Take care. That is Paddy coming there from the AA. So would you go electric? Have you thought about going electric? Maybe you have. Let us know. Or the concerns outlined there by listeners on this EU ruling, uh, do you agree with the lack of infrastructure that not only on, in public places and here in Cork, I think we, we don't have a lot of uh, public areas compared to other areas in Dublin and Limerick, for example. That's just what I have seen. But that issue, if you don't have your own driveway, like we've heard this morning from listeners to living housing estates, they can't get the electric charger in because of where the parking space is so all those scenarios would that turn you off or are you up for the challenge of going electric let us know you can call Bernie on 0818 103 103 text or whatsapp 0862 103, 103. and on that uh, somebody on whatsapp no name on this but they're saying are they going to stop all their marine vessels and aviation vessels from using fuel in 2035 onwards this idea of stopping all diesel and petrol cars is bull Says this WhatsApper. They must think that they can go on brainwashing us forever, uh, says that person. Well, your views are welcome. Uh, aviation and marine vessels hasn't been mentioned officially as yet while they will be looking at some uh, measures for maybe uh, boats uh, and those uh, I haven't heard much about aviation but uh, your views are welcome on that uh, text or whatsapp 862 103, 103 you can email across the show Cork Today at c103.ie and when we did mention about housing estates there there's a lot of people living in housing estates who are very annoyed that they must pay for footpath repairs for road repairs and even if this, the light in the street light or the bulb in the street light goes out uh, they also also, must look after that. Many are asking now for the council to come in and take over those private estates. Many built in the boom. We'll be discussing that next.
1: C one zero three. Call Patricia with your comment. 103,
2: 103. And a lot of reaction to electric cars. I'll get back to those comments shortly on the programme with people asking what is to happen with aeroplanes. So we have a bit of an update on that also. But as we have less one-off housing and more people moving into housing estates, I know from an estate near where I live myself, there is basically a lot of people who are unhappy that they still remain uh, paying for all the various services. So, for example, if a streetlight goes, as I mentioned, or a footpath goes, you still have to pay for all of these. Uh, yourself because the council may not have taken over control of that estate. Well it was raised at a council meeting earlier this week by Councillor Liam Madden who joins me on the line. Good morning to you Liam.
4: Good morning, John Paul, and uh, to your listeners
2: as well. And thanks for joining us. You raised this in County Hall, and many at the meeting heard of estates waiting 25 years to be taken over, while, again, residents are footing the costs for everything in the estate. And a lot of these residents are angry, Liam, because they're paying property tax, so they're paying for services they're not getting and still fixing those services themselves.
4: Yeah, um, I suppose, John Paul, I suppose, look, the last uh, Monday. I suppose, that issue arose, and I suppose there is a lot of work going on, I suppose, in relation to taking over estates. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's there's actually 219 there are present, and there's 112 of them, actually, resident applications. But there would be once where there is, you know, maybe bonds are sufficient, um, you know, um, and the builder might be still there as well. So, look they're a different situation. The ones we're talking about are our legacy estates as as you mentioned there at the start in relation to fifteen and twenty years and some even longer. And I suppose um since I was elected that has been brought to my attention and there was one in Mallow and there's one and obviously there's more within the whole region and one in Grinna. there they're just two that I had and and I, I suppose the problems there is um trying to finish an estate, date, um, I mean there there's problems with the ESB. I'll give you an example. One in Malawar where an ESB box had cracked and it, the ESB did actually come in and repair it, which was absolutely brilliant that they did that side of it. But then you have subsidence in another place. You have cracked footpaths. All these problems. And, and even go up to the Grenada side and you have a bond that's left there of 25,000 which probably would only cover some surveys. Now Estimated cost there to complete that here is is up to three hundred thousand, and I suppose with the one in Mala with subsidence and everything else as well, it's probably just as much as well. So like that money, if the council is not able you know, to come forward with it from its posturing its it, it obviously has to come from somewhere. And and I suppose a few years ago, um, I suppose in in the cases I'm talking about here now, that's what's left of the bond or the builder is gone or there's no so. They are, they are different from the ones that I spoke about first. Now, so I suppose going forward, then to get a few years ago there was actually money did come forward from government. I'm not sure how much, but it it did come forward to to do some of this work. Um, I suppose these two tests I'm talking about now, the residents have put in their applications, and they see a lot of work going on around them um, in Grinna, where there's fantastic work done there by Cork County Council, but unfortunately the arrest that has not been touched. So for instance there's men hold covers. Um kids can't go out on bikes because of the danger of and, and then there's a the danger of some in cars as well. So that's how bad it is, you know, and and as I said up to 300,000 John Paul to repair in in,
2: in that area alone you know That's a huge amount of money and as you mentioned there uh, we've got emails as well a lot of the estates built in and around 2005, 2006 some would call them boom estates and the developers then is there any recall uh, to those Liam because a lot of these developers would have went bust at the time they would have left the estate then in bad repair which again means the residents are picking up the tab still and while the council is trying to find money to repair this and take over over the estate can the governments who back then were encouraging developers to build all these estates could they not go back to the developers I know a lot of them have gone bust but still the people involved are around they may have set up new companies under new names so they still exist can they not be taken control over or or go after them to get the money back uh, that now we are all paying for because we we, more than likely in our various new taxes like the usc uh, when the country went bust we had to pay more to bail out uh, the banks and that was because of what a lot of these developers did so can they go after those old developers
4: yeah and i suppose that's where, where, the, where the people themselves, when they see that they're paying their property tax and they're paying all, the, and and I know that in one of these instances they're still pursuing the the, the, the um, developer, and in another one the developer still exists. He's building in another area. Now that to me is wrong, and uh, that that's where we have a, a major problem. That if a developer is 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 has put in applications for some other area, he should be made come back and finish first and you know, there shouldn't be planning being given to someone in in that instance. And I think that's that's where people feel very strongly as well. And and they, the people out there know this as well. And and I suppose um, look if, if there's a people have put in some of their own money as well in these estates. Um and I suppose I suppose they're they're limited as well in relation to applying for amenity grants because they're not taken over by the council, which is um a lot of um, residents and estates there in Malano last week would have applied for amenity grants and they're only looked for grass cutting, but at least they get something towards it. Whereas these, um, I'd say, are limited in, in relation to applying for these grants because they're not taken over by the council, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, and the grant aid, then that would be needed from national government, I mean, are, are they forthcoming or are they going to give, uh, from a national point of view, money to all the various local authorities who find themselves in this situation?
4: Yeah, and, and I suppose that's the next big thing there is, is obviously there's the county council. There's obviously other areas in the country which all of this has happened. Um, and I suppose it, it has it has to be addressed. In, in Like, if it's not addressed now, uh, it's going to go on again. Into, and obviously the problems are going to get worse. And I suppose the other thing there, like I suppose, they, they need to go after developers quicker. With a housing estate built in five years and next thing, The next seven years, my understanding is that the council are trying to get everything in order, that um, everything is done, the snag list and everything is done in relation to what should be finished there and so forth. But that seems to have not started um, straight after the five years. So if if things like that are not happening, um, what happens is the problems become more. The bond becomes um, obviously a bond 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 50,000. It's no, it's it's, it's only doing surveys now. That's the big problem we have. And, and I suppose that's another thing in Cork County Council. And I know that they're looking at all that issue in relation to having a, a bigger bond up front. And I suppose there's a development there now starting in Mallow in Kinnell Hill. And the one great thing about it is that a lot of the services and things are going to, I'll give you an example. For instance, there was a footpath to con- connectivity between one estate and another on the road. And actually the developer has paid for that. And that is in place already, which before that would not happen till maybe the development was done, and maybe it might never be done in some cases, so it's it's important that things are addressed differently and done differently going well, forward, John Paul. Do you yeah,
2: so before they actually start building houses that the infrastructure like the footpath you mentioned is yeah, constructed so, first because yeah. a lot of estates and Liam, you'll be familiar with this right across Cork County and indeed in parts of the city were built with no footpath but in, in more rural areas they were built in uh, maybe it could have been a country road and the field would be now a housing estate but that country yeah. road has no footpath and still does not and you have people and young children walking home from school more than likely in a, in a winter evening around four or five o'clock when it's kind of dark or getting dark and they're, they're on the road walking home because there's no footpath. But the developer was never uh, chased after to finish what they yeah, said they and, would promise in the planning.
4: Yeah, and I suppose that's the good thing that these can be put in um, and, and, and the developer now in, in this instance and Mallow is doing that. And I suppose when we mentioned yeah, a while go about this, it's, it's extraordinary as well. Like there's, there's 71 of them out there present that public lighting has not been taken in charge. You know, so, you know, there's X number of wastewater wastewater treatment plants. There's, there's problems there in some of them like that. that they're the kind of problems throughout the county in, in in different areas that haven't been taken in charge, you know, John Paul. So, now there's a lot of good work being done, there's no doubt in what in, um, that's, that's of no benefit to the people that are out
2: there yeah no uh, true and one example from Deirdre when he mentioned street lighting there just uh, in one of those estates and she says we recently had three or four street lights that were not working we went down the usual route first and were told that they are not in the hands of the council or indeed the electricity company so we had to sort this ourselves this involved hiring uh, some type of cherry picker and with all the costs towards the end added up it cost 500 euros to get four bulbs changed in street lights but a lot was hiring out the equipment uh, so you can yes. see the frustration there from people who are living in those uh, housing well, estates and,
4: and I suppose the frustration then as well when you're paying your property tax That's and, it. and and like look I, I know there that if, if, the, if you have an estate no and there is problems with lights there the council fair juice they are, they, are, they are on it straight away because look they are in charge there and it, it makes it so easy for residents that these things can be tackled a lot quicker whereas in that instance there I know that you spoke about um how long did that take, you know, how long you know, um you know, for the, the residents and, and like no no street lighting is is just it it's it, it's it's not on in this day and
2: age. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, indeed. Liam, we'll wait and see what happens if uh, money will be or funding will be given to all local authorities for this situation from national government, but for the moment we'll leave it there and thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I suppose they're just jump John Paul as well, I suppose look there is motions or, or questions put down in the dial as well in relation to this as well by Curran Bokht is very important to know that you know TDs are working actively on this as well So you know?
2: there'll be hopefully some answers in the next few yeah. weeks on that Okay yeah. uh, Liam thanks for joining us that is a councillor Liam Madden Lines open if you are living in those estates uh, which are affected by this and have not yet been taken over uh, by the council for controlling footpaths and street lighting and whatnot. not 0818 103 103 that's our phone number you can text or indeed whatsapp to 86 103, 103. <laughs> Bernie taking your calls and comments right now on 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Ahead has your insurance premium for your private car. Have you noticed that increasing? We'll be discussing that shortly with the Insurance Alliance. But a lot of calls and comments in and this is something that is happening uh, later today and indeed at the moment with a cabinet meeting because senior ministers are looking at fresh ways uh, to help everybody when it comes to the costs of living. And one of those was an extra 200 euro energy credit. Uh, that has been considered that would be applied during the summer months but the Green Party seems to be against this move and they argue that more universal supports should be delayed until later in the year and a lot of people this morning agree with the Green Party and feel that a lot of wealthy people across the country are receiving uh, this credit when they don't need it and those that do need it should be getting this credit but surely because we're speaking about cost of living for the last year or two at this stage, the government should be able to bring in targeted moves by this stage well A lot of calls and comments regarding this. And first of all, Liam in Bandon says he disagrees with the Green proposal. He says, I can see where they are coming from, but we all need this credit regardless of our situation. If they won't hit the energy companies, then give the people a break with this credit. Uh, That's Liam's feeling on this in Bandon. Pat feels that the Green Party are a disaster for rural Ireland when it comes to transport and issues like this. And somebody else from WhatsApp is asking, isn't the Green Party leader travelling abroad for St. Patrick's Day, and how is he going to account for that when it comes to his carbon footprint? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to China. So uh, people are asking are they saying one thing but doing another on WhatsApp? While well, Dan in Rathmore. Uh, to do with the Green Party and also more or less the electric cars uh, when you bring both of those topics together. Uh, the UK are still outside the EU. So come 2035, when the EU are ruling away from using petrol and, and diesel cars, will some people go to Northern Ireland and then buy petrol and diesel cars there and pay the extra tax rather than being limited to purely electric vehicles, asks Dan in Rathmore. Uh, maybe we we'll would have to wait and see if the UK will follow the EU and go down a similar route. And many would say would it pay people from Cork or anywhere in Munster to do that to travel up north and then back down again if it's going to be tougher to find a petrol and diesel station we'll have to wait and see what happens Dan thank you for your text to 0862103103 103. Uh, views on the Green Party credit uh, your views are welcome on that should they block it or do you think we all deserve that 200 euro credit across this summer the Green Party not in agreement with their coalition partners on that and sticking there to Dan what he was speaking about regarding the electric car Because we also spoke uh, with Paddy Cummins from the AA earlier on about this EU ruling on uh, we will have no petrol or diesel cars for sale, new cars that is from 2035 and Dan asking what will happen with the UK a lot of people asking what's going to happen with aeroplanes and will we see the end to those planes flying over us with the big white line of fuel behind them are they going to look at those considering that they are looking at us drivers and what we uh, do with our carbon emissions well on that there's, I can't find anything official regarding airlines but United Airlines they're aiming to have an electric aircraft flying on their regional routes by the end of this decade and this is for routes going from one city to another in America initially and then they'll look elsewhere and I'm sure other airlines will look at United Airlines and maybe do similar Uh, but overall there's nothing really coming out law-wise on that airlines will have to be electric by a certain time and because of the nature of the long journeys for some airlines it could take a lot longer Than 2050, which will be mentioned here by United Airlines, that they want to reduce their carbon footprint to zero by 2050 I'm not sure if all are going to be able to do that but when you look at America it seems that already there is an electric aircraft in place uh, but for the future any of those are just going to be going from city to city uh, so you won't have one maybe leaving New York and travelling to Shannon. Uh, that isn't going to happen as yet. are mentioned anyhow but it may do in the future. Now, thank you for your uh, text on that and Joe is in Kilmallock. He's asking then When it comes to charging uh, your electric car, how much does it cost to charge your car at a public charger? Because the price of electricity is going up, but also uh, the price of electric cars is outrageous. That is something they will have to look at and they are looking at at the moment. As Paddy mentioned, the more they buy electric cars, the price will slowly reduce, but... Uh, on the cost of electric cars well there's first of all if you look at it from a home point of view so on a normal meter at home uh, the cost would be around 43 cents per kilowatt and therefore a charge to do roughly around 100k could cost you about 6 euros 45 cents now this came from a survey and research carried out in December of last year and they were using a Nissan Leaf car for this but if you then went to a public charging point for the same exactly the same uh, charge it will cost you €10.80 uh, but that's excluding any charge then that could be pushed on the public charging point so that's the electricity charge to use that point maybe uh, the company could say it's going to cost you €20 Euros to use it and then you're also charged for the electricity use so it could cost you uh, 30 40 or €50 Euro. Uh, Some I think at the moment there is no charge to use them but in some countries they are bringing in a charge just to pull up and use the public charging points and then that's not even uh, looking at the cost of that of electricity that is used within that charger so uh, that is something they will have to look at Joe, but that's a rough estimation what it would cost you and thank you for your call and then martin is on to us on whatsapp and he has googled the electric car and he says as far as he can see it was invented in the 1900s and he wants to know is that fact and if it is who blocked the cheap use of electric cars back over 100 years ago was it the oil company's decision to prevent cheap fuel to be used for transportation for the last 100 years putting all of us under severe financial hardship uh, well yeah we checked that out and it's. seems It seems that they developed electric cars back as late as the 1800s and then they were running in the 1900s, popular in urban areas of America. They were lucky enough to afford a car then, Uh, not really elsewhere, but mainly in the US at that time. However, they never took off because of, again, range anxiety. And then seemingly for a while, fuel became cheaper. But when fuel prices increased again in the 60s, electric was looked at, but again, never took off. Going back to the range problems, that took control in the debate. Again, in the 90s, they were seriously considered. But again, no, range was an issue and the technology wasn't there for people to be confident enough to go electric. So while they were in operation in some areas, the majority of people never even knew about them or indeed even looked at... electric, And it really is, I suppose, from the early '90s is when they became a reality to where we are now, when climate was mentioned and a lot more. We heard a lot more about climate change over the last 10 years than we ever have. And because of that, it's been looked at. So, no, Martin, you're not wrong. They were there uh, back in the 1900s and it all goes back to the view of people and people just felt they could not trust an electric car. Uh, for a period, fuel prices were cheaper. So it was actually cheaper to run, uh, well, in America, as they say, gas, but petrol or diesel here. Uh, but the the range anxiety was the big problem over the years, whereby as technology has advanced, they feel now that more people may go that route. But thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862 103. 103. And then when it comes to housing estates, and we discussed there the council who are waiting Uh, and looking... And trying to take over a lot of those so-called boom housing estates from 2005 and 2006. Marie is living in a small estate in Buttevant. One of the issues we mentioned was street lighting and how if a street light goes, the residents must pay to get that repaired because it doesn't come under the public remit as yet while they await the council to take control. And Marie says they have three street lights that in the estate that she lives in in Buttevant, only one works occasionally and two don't work at all. Now, she has lived here for 20 years years and always pays her property tax and she says there are only three lights in Buttevant that are always not looked after. She would love uh, for this estate to be taken over by Cork County Council so they can actually have their street lights working again and that is the problem with a lot of those estates. It's issues like that uh, whereby usually you'd go on the, the website and the company that look after public lighting across the country or indeed you ring them and they would go out Now, it could be a number of days later or weeks later, as we have heard before on the show, but eventually they will go out and fix the light. But if your estate is considered private, whereby the council have yet not taken control over the footpaths and roads, that's what happens. So hopefully they will, Murray, and maybe contact the council or if you have a residence committee, go to one of your local councillors to see if they can check out where uh, it is at by way of takeover from the council. And then on an issue of motor tax, Con is in Kenturk and he says his friend went to Cork recently to tax his car and up in the door was appointment only. Now, we have discussed this numerous times on the show before. And yes, if you go along to tax your car, you must have had an appointment first. You can't just rock up to the door on the Model Farm Road and walk in like you would have before. Tax your car They want. Uh, To know how many people are arriving on a certain day, And by that they need you to book an appointment. And then you can go in and sit down in front of a person and tax your car. But you have to have an appointment first. So then when he realised that he went away. He phoned for an appointment. And the earliest day he can get is next Thursday at 12 noon. Now it's a van he wants to tax. And it's a working van. And now his friends will be parked up until next week, uh, until it is taxed. And he said he can't do it online as it's a new vehicle. Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know what you bring them back and explain the situation when it is a working vehicle if they would be able to look after you and maybe if there's a cancellation, if you explain that you need this for work and uh, they may have a cancellation where they can fit you in because I, I know what you mean for new vehicles. You, you can't do it online. You have to physically go in uh, so maybe no, unless they have changed that. But I know from people who have been onto us before, they've tried everything, but they physically had to go into the tax office to uh, sort out a brand new vehicle or maybe a vehicle that had arrears in it uh, that wasn't paid when they bought it secondhand. Anyhow, let us know if someone has been in that situation. But if if I was that person, I would ring back to see if there's a cancellation. Where maybe uh, if there is an early cancellation that morning, if that person was able to go back to Mallow Farm Road, and then. Uh, they may be able to tax it a lot sooner than next Thursday hopefully that will help you out lines open 0818 103, 103. text or whatsapp 0862 103, 103 your insurance premiums have you noticed them going up discussing that shortly and our Garda on the way also here on C103's Cork Today show
1: C103's Summer Getaway
2: We're also going to send you to Salou because we're in the middle of C103's Summer Getaway. And all this week, you and your friends could be heading to Salou. You'd enjoy seven nights in the H10 Vintage Hotel from May 30th. All you've got to do is listen out for C103's Sunshine Song of the Day. Here's today's. It's from Madonna and it's holiday. When you hear that, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win C103 Summer Getaway. Win your way to Salou all this week, only here on C103. Nick and Martina will play that song, but I will play Madala's Holiday, and I'll do that before one. If we the C103 Jobs. And today's job's and offer. A qualified motor mechanic is wanted in Middleton. A full, clean driver's license is needed. Accommodation may be provided. You can email your CV to clearautoservices at gmail.com. O'Keeffe's Super Value in Mill Street have vacancies for full-time and part-time baker, confectionery staff, and a full-time and part-time meat counter staff. Ideal candidates should have experience, but if not, full training will be provided. You can email your CV to 392- dash Milstreet Dash store at supervalue.ie and an assistant greenkeeper is required for abandoned golf club you can send your cv and a cover letter to inquiries at abandonedgolfclub.com you'll find all these details and more job opportunities through online now just go to c103.ie forward slash job
1: you're listening to cork today on replay Phone and text lines are currently closed. 03. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 2103 103
2: And time for this week's Garda File. I'm joined by Bridget Hartnett from Bantry Garda Station. Good morning. It's that time
1: of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and
0: think about...
1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Thank you, Bridget. Good
5: morning, JP. How are you keeping? I'm
2: fine, and thanks for joining us for this week's Garda Finder. We're going to start with tests from cars.
5: Yeah, um, JP. We have tests from cars in Belgoolie and Riverstick uh, Riverstock area, as well as Conceal. Now, a lot of these cars were left unlocked. Um, so we just want to remind people again please make sure I know the lovely bright evenings are around and we want to get out going for walks and getting the spring days in but make sure to always lock your cars it's really really important and remove all valuables um, a lot of these happen near walkways where um, so the cars are left unattended for a while so it's just a gentle reminder to everyone please
2: so lock the cars and, and again put the valuables away in the boot or Absolutely. don't bring them at all
5: I don't bring them at all if you can help us you know,
2: And then from cars more so to work vehicles, and this is a theft of tools taken from work vans.
5: Yeah, um, we had this occurred in the McCroom area, and there was always, almost €20,000 worth of tools taken from a tool trailer parked in the owner's yard. So we, the type of tools taken was a and um, there was also a lawnmower, leaf blower. Um, and also a a trailer was taken as well. So it was all belonging, gardening tools belonging to this owner for his business. So that's very difficult to deal with. It's a huge amount of money involved. And often that these kind of tests can take uh, take a place during even daytime hours because we have reports even from Cork City and Dunstores and Bishopstown and Ballancolic, and that occurred on the 10th of February between the hours of 1 and 5 p.m., So I'm just asking everyone to keep in mind this. If you see someone near vehicles and they're moving, you know, equipment like this or something seems out of place, don't hesitate to ring us at any time.
2: Yeah, because you mentioned there are car parks as one you mentioned in stores. That's right. I mean, a lot of people will be in and out of those car parks. So you would hope someone would see something dodgy going on around the van.
5: Yeah, well, I suppose they make it look so ordinary, you know, that yeah. kind of way. Um, but it, in in this case, they were moving the, all the equipment into cars. So, I mean, something like that does look suspicious. So if anyone sees something like that, you know, just take in your bearings and, you know, if, again, if the person isn't wearing work clothes, for example, you know, it just looks a bit out of the ordinary um, anything, any information you can pass on, of course, it's greatly appreciated.
2: Yeah. And then something that is, again, in the start of 2023, causing huge concern for a lot of people. This is online fraud and blackmail.
5: Yeah. And again, it's a ve- it, look, it's very difficult for anyone that it happens to. And remember, it affects all age groups, JP. And in, in the cases that we've come across in the last couple of weeks, contact is made firstly by another party. They've initiated the contact and they're pretending to have an interest in the relationship and getting to know you better. So the relationship in these cases develops very fast and they they build the trust very quickly and they convince this person, you know, to share maybe an intimate image. And immediately afterwards, the blackmail comes back to that person. Then they want money and they demand this money in a very threatening way. Otherwise, they're going to share this image with all your contacts. Now, that's very embarrassing for people involved. And again, as I said, it's happening to old and young, you know, and what we recommend is no matter what, you'll always be made welcome at the Garda station, report, report, report straight away. Never, never, you know, try to send on the money because I guarantee you they're going to come back and ask for more in every case. And just always remember, it's a crime. We're there to help come into the station and bring as much information as you can, you know, whether it's emails or screenshots and we can um, start the investigation from
2: there. And a lot of this over the last week, because Valentine's Day was on yes. Tuesday. So I know a lot of these frauds are referred to as romance scams and there's That's various right. romance scams out there, Bridget. But th- this one in particular, and we have mentioned this before, but it seems to be a, a lot more active in, in the last number of months. The big Definitely. thing we're hearing, Bridget, from people is though it was the worry of going to the Garda station and... you're not going to be dealt with at the counter. I presume you take them away to a different room. No,
5: absolutely not. No, and we fully understand. Look, this has happened to guards too. All of us can get caught out at any time. We will bring you in. You can ask to speak to a guard confidentially at the counter. And straight away, you'll be brought into an office and we can speak to you there. Um, and never be afraid to come in. You know, it, it, I know people can be embarrassed, but this happens to the best of us. Especially all of us love to find love out there and find that special person. And we do anything, you know, to uh, to have someone like that in our lives. But these people are, play, play, you know, preying on us and preying on our vulnerabilities. So we just have to be careful of that. And you will be welcome in any guard station.
2: And it is a specific unit within the Garda you deal with this then?
5: There is. There's a fraud unit that deals with it. But you go to your local guard station, JP, mm. and we can take the initial details. And it will be treated in confidence. You know, we won't be going out saying anything about it. But we often do share cases, you know, when we're going to talk to you let people know that this sort of thing is going on. Because I think the more people realise that it's a crime, and that we will investigate it and we'll try to solve it the more they come in and report these matters and not be embarrassed by it.
2: Yeah, that's the big thing, just to make sure you report it and not to be Absolutely, embarrassed. Absolutely, yeah. Because, unfortunately, they are out there at every angle online, whether it's for romance or for taking your money from your bank card. Absolutely. They will take every opportunity, won't they?
5: Oh, they really will. And, I mean, it's the biggest growing crime area. It's You know, they're always nearly a foot steps ahead thinking of new ways to get money from us. And... We're all so busy in the life that we lead now. Sometimes, you know, we can get caught off guard. So it's very important, you know, to take that step, take that breather and just think about if you haven't initiated the contact, I'd be very slow to, you know, open that email or open that link you know, unless you're
2: the one to start the contact. Yeah, be careful. I know we had a a person who was on to us last year who was on one of those online dating, either websites or apps, and then they got an email uh, which wasn't nothing to do with that particular website or app, but then they presumed because they were on the app that they went, saw this email, clicked on it, and again, like you mentioned there, they started engaging with this person who they thought that might have got their information from the app, but it turned out to be a scam. No, it was sorted, but... Uh, They just target, and I don't know if it's the the so-called cookies in our internet browsers and phones that can tell those guys or girls where we are actually looking at, but uh, they do find out, they do target.
5: They do. I'd say you're 100% right, JP. It's amazing, even when you've been discussing something, how things start coming up in your feed constantly. So if you are looking up things, you're getting feeds about... The same thing, whether it be different um, apps, you know, in relation to relationships or finding that person. So, yeah, we have to be very careful and not be afraid to double check
2: things. Mm, true. Well, just be careful for those on, on those various uh, websites. Very finally, you want to mention a collection that is going ahead for Ukraine.
5: Yeah, um, it's actually it's a it's a lovely idea. It's the students of CoAction here in Bantry and um, St. Gobins College, that's Utreet here in Bantry. And they are collecting any resources, really, everything from plasters to tin foods to bandages and even clothes. And all are being collected for the Ukraine people. So they're going to be collected by a van in St. Gobins by next weekend and actually driven across to Ukraine. So they're asking anyone for next week from Monday to Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Drop up anything you can afford or any any little donation you can make. That would be greatly appreciated. And it's lovely to see the students from both CoAction and YouthReach working together on this project. And it's called West Cork for Ukraine.
2: Oh, well, best of luck to them all there and hopefully that goes well for them. And Bridget thanks for joining us today thanks with so the Gardafile. Thank you care. so
5: much God bless,
2: bye bye. That is Garda Bridget and Hartner joining us with this week's Gardafile from Bantry Garda Station. Our lines are open, a lot of comments in on housing estates which we discussed earlier in the show with Councillor and Madden and those who are living in housing estates waiting for the estate to be taken over control wise when I mean that I mean footpaths and whatnot by the council I'll get to those shortly but you're comments are welcome uh, Bernie taking those on 0818 103 103 and you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 but Joe uh, was in touch from in the skein, and he's referring to something that is in all the papers this morning and indeed was on TV news last night as well I'm sure he spotted it online also and this is to do uh, with the wages of RTE presenters and Joe feels that the earnings are so high for these presenters yet we have a public public bodies such as RTE always on about that they don't have enough money and they're looking for more way to get public funding we hear about the license fee and we hear about new ways to bring money in by replacing the license fee uh, with new alternatives but Joe was asking if they cut back on what they pay their big stars would that help fund RTE and would we the viewer then get a better service uh, that's Joe in Inneskeen to WhatsApp on 0862-103-103 You can text on the same number. Well on that Joe and I see a few more texts have come in over the last while referring to that story Uh, some of the big presenters have actually lost earnings but still considering they have lost earnings they're on a huge amount of money Uh, for example Ryan Turberry well known Ryan who uh, presents The Late Late Show and other shows within RTE uh, he was in 2019 earning €495,000 he is now down to last year oh no two years Ago 2021 down to 440,000 euro, uh, but still a huge amount of money uh, for doing a job and earning 440,000 euro. Joe Duffy then uh, is the second best paid star from RTE, and even though his wages have dropped to, to by around 41,000 euro in 2021, he earned 351,000 euro. And then Mary McCallaghan, uh, she was also down and in 2021 she earned 263,000 uh, euros. So while they all had a, a pay cut or maybe the wages dropped, I'm not too sure what happened there, but the wages did reduce. Uh, they are still on huge money and Joel making that point. Claire Byrne, though, she received a pay rise or, or her money went up, whatever way you look at it, she went up by 100,000 euros, uh, according to all the papers uh, today but majority of presenters within RTE their uh, wages did decrease but saying that uh, they are still on huge money and Joe making the point then uh, and arguing uh, if they were on less money would that be better spent would RTE not be losing as much money or would they have more money to spend then on what they want and what they want programmings or programs to be heirs or whatever they need the money for uh, and then in saying that while you're mentioning these people there is a lot of people who work on the ground in RTE who are not receiving any money or any anything near that. So we have to think of them as well because I know they get a bashing online over the last few days and while those presenters are earning high money, there's a lot of ordinary workers on the grounds who are not earning uh, that high wage within RTE. So, I mean, they're looking at that as well, uh, like you and me and saying, God, how do you get to a role where you can earn that amount of money? Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome. Uh, the, the money they earn listening to those who work in advertising and would have worked within advertising sales houses within uh, big organizations over the last, well, you would have seen them, I'm sure many of them on news say that the advertising that it's brought in with these presenters on shows a lot of that advertising would pay for their wages and they can justify their wages. Uh, But then others are saying, would they get a similar wage if they worked on an independent TV station? Uh, Like, for example, here in Ireland, we only have uh, three TV stations uh, and Virgin Media, the only independent uh, television station. So if they went there, I doubt they would be earning anything uh, like uh, €440,000 for a show. But your views are welcome. Uh, Are they all worth their money? And a lot of those who sell those shows and sell ads that does fund RTE, they feel they are and that's why they're on the big money and that may be, for example, the Little 8 show, uh, which if you want an ad during the Little 8 toy show, you will pay a huge amount of money uh, some say that a lot of that will pay for Ryan Turbley's wages. Anyhow, your views are welcome and it it's a public service and that is why those figures are out there. Uh, 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And some good news. Uh, we always like the good news and we always like some good vibrations and that song by the Beach Boys. Well, guess what? It's the number one song that makes people happy and this is according to a scientific formula. Uh, the 60s hit it ticks all the boxes when it comes to various beats and this is coming from the University of Sheffield uh, where they look at music when it comes to being a mood booster and they talk about the short intro uh, the repeated rips and a strong rhythm all make that song the number one song to make people happy also though uh, other songs that were included in this were songs from ABBA Uh, Waterloo was one of them Uh, we have Madness in there and the Village People with YMCA Uh, a lot of those songs make people happy so it's the upbeat tempo and indeed a good beat always uh, works for happy songs and happy people seemingly that's coming from Sheffield University but I'm sure a lot of you didn't need to know that uh, from university to get in a good happy mood when you hear a certain song C103 and yes you were right that is our sunshine song Madonna holiday
1: C103's summer getaway
2: let's head to Timaligue hello Stephanie Desmond
0: Hello, hello John
2: Paul. How are you keeping today?
0: Very good, very good indeed, thank how, you very
2: much. How is everyone in lovely Timoleague?
0: It's lovely, uh, we've had some rain but the last two weeks or so it's been absolutely fabulous here, spring has arrived.
2: Oh that's good, daffodils yes. are, are blooming and everything so around yeah, the area. I
0: think the countryside is beautiful. Fabulous. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah it
2: is at the moment. Now it was sunny earlier on in many parts this morning, it's gone a bit cloudy in some parts of Cork. Is the sun shining over Timoleague, or has it gone cloudy?
0: No, it's actually quite cloudy, but oh, it's, it's everywhere. You know, so it, it might come back. It might come back. Hopefully, will. are were lovely. Yeah. Hopefully, will.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, well uh, while it is cloudy, you may be seeing some sun, Stephanie, because you were correct when you heard Madonna holiday. So, uh, have you any plans, first of all, for this year?
0: Not yet. We were just in the process of making some because I haven't been away with for four years. So I'm looking forward to the sun. So just bring it on, John
2: Paul. <laughs> exactly, bring it on. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll bring it on for you and you'll be lucky and you can qualify yes. for this trip to Salou. But you have to answer this question first. So here we go, uh, Stephanie. If you get this right, we'll qualify you. What should you use to protect your skin? So what would you rub on you to protect your skin? Would it be A, salad cream, or B. Sunscreen That
0: would be sunscreen Ah oh, it is indeed Yes <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you've
2: qualified So while it is cloudy You may get some sunshine into your life And you could win your way to Salu So stay tuned tomorrow uh, Somebody across the week who was qualified Would be jetting off to uh, sunnier climates That's great That's
0: great Who would you um, bring I along be- Stephanie? Oh my husband My husband Finbar Finbar O'Sullivan um, he's the best company, so yeah, it would be him. Maybe a few friends might be trying to wrangle, but I'd say he might win the <laughs> he might win the prize.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I would hope he would, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> <then. laughs>
0: I hope so. Yeah, I hope so for him. But yes, he's the best company of all. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what happens tomorrow. Nick Richards will make that all important yes. call after two o'clock. Uh, but yes. well done so far.
0: The universe might smile down and love the show, John Paul. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, call.
2: Stephanie. Thank Mind you. yourself, take care. Yes, well uh, that then. is bye-bye. bye-bye. Stephanie Desmond there in League has qualified and she could be heading to Salou. But uh, that song, our holiday song from Madonna we just played, we will play it again this afternoon. Nick Richards is with you from one o'clock. He will play the song. But not only that, Martina O'Donoghue will play the song as well from four. And you could be winning your way to Salou. That is our holiday destination for this week. There's more next week. And there's more the week after. Only here on C103 with C103's Summer Getaway. Our lines are open. Your calls and comments are welcome. Uh, you can call Bernie on 0818 103 103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. A lot of calls and comments coming in across the morning on the various issues we have discussed. And one of those was to do with housing estates. And the, first of all, the council who are, have not as yet taken over housing estates that were due to be taken over over the last 10 years or so. These are housing estates built in 2005, 2006, the boom years, so to call it. Uh, and some maybe in different years, but still it's the residents who are pushing the bill for footpaths, roads, street lighting, and they pay the property tax. So a lot of people unhappy about this. And here's a WhatsApp in from a person in Mallow and uh, Councillor Liam Madden who joined us. Uh, I did mention certain estates earlier on or areas where estates were that there was problems. And one of those is where this person is living and their estate was built in 2005. Uh, now they have been onto the planning department within County Hall and they are asking for their estate to be taken in charge as many others have as well. Uh, but this person on WhatsApp saying there's been no action to date. There has been a lot of serious issues in the estate cracked and collapsing boundary walls, subsidence in the road and the green area, and the residents are paying themselves to maintain the green area, which is not an issue as this fairly standard in many of privately built estates. But we do have the means, or we do not have the means even, to fix the serious issues in our estates. So these would be, for example, as we mentioned, the footpaths, street lighting, others, and everything adds up. So, they received uh, money through an amenity grant every year, and that basically is going to maintain the green area, and it's 300 euros to be very exact. And then, everybody in that estate they must fund the rest themselves now this uh, Whatsapper thinks the money given to the immunity grant could be used instead by the council to take estates in charge it seems very wasteful the council have maintained all along that the residents need to pursue the developer however under section 180 of the planning act it states that it is responsibility of the local authority after seven years after completion to begin taking in charge progress and indeed that is something that uh, councillor Lee Madden did mention uh, usually it's after 10 years when uh, the estate goes to council control but it should be from seven upwards or where they at least anyhow start chatting and talking to those living in the estate or maybe on a management or residence committee and the boss goes on to say the bond for where they live which was provided by the developer would be woefully inadequate to properly fix problems in their estate and again they say the Planning Act states that the local authority must seek funds from the planning authority to deal with legacy estates and they are also obliged to enforce proceedings against the developer. But, as again, we heard from callers earlier on on the show, the developer uh, in question here has built other estates since. So the council have been incredibly unhelpful, uh, feels this person, and have failed in their duty to implement the law of the land. They also try to pass the buck to the residents, knowing full well that there are, uh, they are the ones responsible. So what this person would like to know is why is the developer being continued to be getting planning without being held to account regarding problems left behind in legacy estates? and the same issues will occur again in new developments if there is a lack of enforcement. Uh, They feel that the local authority needs to be held to account as to why they have not looked for more funding from central government and taking those estates in charge because there are serious problems being left behind for those living in the estates. And that is a question I put to Lee Madden who does agree with you on that and feels that developers who have left the estates behind should not be allowed or given planning again until they have rectified uh, the problems in those estates and uh, a lot of people will feel the developers who built estates and walked away from them maybe their companies will bust they are back again building estates I'm not talking about this one in particular but different uh, estates across the country uh, but they're back with a, a new name for the company so that can sometimes make it tougher for the authorities to go after them but the person themselves behind it is still there the same people are involved they just changed the name of the company uh, but leave the mess behind them so uh, yeah, a lot of anger regarding that and a number of people, including that WhatsApper, are outlining a case in County Clare where a number of residents came together against Clare County Council to take action uh, and for the local authority there to take charge of the estate. And again, it should be after a number of years seven to 10 years when uh, the estate is taken charge of uh, and. A lot of people highlighting the fact that, of course, we're all paying property tax, and those people in those estates are paying property tax but see nothing back for their return. Anyhow, uh, thank you for your WhatsApp. I'm sure there is a lot of people uh, like in your situation, as we heard earlier, across the country and indeed across the city and across the country, who are in a situation where the housing estate around them may be falling apart, cracks in the road, cracks in the footpath, and still they're awaiting the council to come and do something. And until that happens, they are left foot in the bill. Anyhow, if you're in a situation like that let us know uh, it is something we'll continue to look at and discuss here on the programme. Now uh, more comments coming in you would have heard there Barry on news at midday and this is regarding the Greens and there seems to be a divide in governments at the moment across this morning over what will happen with these new cost of living supports uh, while the cabinet meeting is underway the Green Party is against a move uh, they are looking for universal supports rather than another 200 euro energy credit that would come in the They feel that if we have more targeted measures, it's better. And some people earlier on in the show agreed with the Green Party and felt that there's a lot of people receiving this credit who are wealthy and do not need that money to pay their electricity bill. And because the cost of living is going on uh, for so long, the crisis, surely at this stage, the government could have looked at targeted payments rather than a universal €200 credit. But there is other people, uh, while they understand where the Greens are coming from, Uh, they feel that they deserve this credit because if the government are not going to tackle the energy companies and Liam and Bandon made this point when he spoke earlier to us on the phone uh, that if they're not going to tackle the big energy companies then why not give the people something back by way of an energy credit On that Nancy is in Bantry she says the Greens want to again defer these payments but then why don't the government just reduce charges across the board rather than giving a few bob here and a few bob there they have plenty of money to go on their junkets for St. Patrick's Day, uh, but they must have the power to reduce prices on fuel and indeed on food, uh, says Nancy in Bantry. And a lot of people agreeing what Nancy and Liam are saying uh, with surely they can target the energy companies. And I know there was a discussion yesterday in the Dáil on windfall taxes. uh, And that is what people would like to see happening, targeting them. And until they do that, give everybody the €200 euro charge so or credit even. So your views are welcome. What side of the fence you sit on that one? Do you agree with the Greens? Or do you feel because nothing has been done to the companies, everybody should get another credit uh, during the summer? And they are very helpful when you get your electricity bill in the door and you see the amount and then you see the credit taken off. It does uh, take a lot of the pressure off so many people. So thank you for your calls on that. And earlier on when we were, we were uh, discussing the electric cars with the AA. And this is the new directive and the new ruling from the EU uh, that petrol, new petrol and diesel cars will not be for sale from 2035 onwards. And it's kind of forcing people to look at electric. And Martin was on to us and he was doing a bit of research himself and he was asking were there electric cars back in the early 1900s? And there was and we were giving that detail earlier in the show. But Colin, in Buttevant was listening to this and he drove electric buses in the Congo in the 60s he said he was there for four years with the army and all the buses were electric and this was in the 60s so it proves yes there was electric buses and indeed cars back then and as we mentioned earlier it seemed that range anxiety which is still a feature uh, was one of the reasons why they never took off in the 90s there was another try on to get people to look at electric it didn't work and it was only in the last few years and the early noughties is when people took it seriously but again range anxiety is a big uh, issue uh, these days, uh, and the lack of charging points. So, I, and, and at one stage, I think fuel was cheaper than uh, charging your electric car. But yeah, no, they were there. And uh, Colm is a proof that in the sixties he was driving electric buses uh, in the Congo. And something we discussed a number of weeks ago and there's a lot of people uh, onto us this morning about this and it would seem that every Thursday these letters must go out because we get a lot of calls on Thursdays regarding this. And this is from Anne who says, "Uh, Hi JP, I just got a letter from the HSE this morning in the post and it says, my personal data was accessed and copied during the cyber attack in 2021. Now I'm very worried about this and have other people been onto you. Yes, and we've got uh, numerous calls over the last few weeks. I'm just noticing there seems to be a trend that we get calls on Thursdays uh, so I'm not too sure if it's a situation whereby they are going through a list and they post them out at certain times because Thursdays is when we get most of the calls but we, we have discussed it before on the show um, if you want to listen back on the C103 podcast you can on C103.ie or the C103 app to get further details but I can tell you while you're saying how uh, are you worried I, I would not be too worried as yet obviously like it's a big data breach but You wonder how many other areas that we never hear of a data breach. When you're buying something online, when you're in a shop tapping, uh, does our data also get taken and we don't know anything about it? So uh, the information that has been seemingly accessed on the dark web is personal, medical and financial information. The majority of callers that were on to us and weren't too concerned about what medical information people find out about them. Uh, But the financial one, I, I suppose, was the big concern. So again, it's like we discussed earlier on the Gardner file, don't click i like on links from text messages that you don't know of if they look strange you know go with your gut feeling ignore them same with emails or any kind of link you get to to click on be that on social media on text or email just ignore it because financial information may be included in this uh, for the likes of your your bank account number your IBAN that could be uh, mentioned in depending on on what what information was taken for you but it, it could be so just be careful that's what advice was given just be careful with what Whatever you're receiving, but I mean... You know that, that goes with everything really uh in regarding online shopping or as I say if you're simply tapping in a shopping or your information could be taken without you even knowing it so we are made aware of the HSC one so and I wouldn't be worrying yourself because a lot of people are in your situation I would imagine uh, the majority of us across the country could be receiving these letters because uh, there's been over 100,000 notifications due to be issued by April that was when the HSC went in front of the Rockets Committee last week I think it was so uh, while it's still going on and and for others who have been in contact with it th- this morning uh, I, I wouldn't be losing sleep over it but just be careful of uh, what messages come your way uh, but as I say that could happen with anything uh, you were using online or indeed any service you were using so thank you Anne for your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. your pet questions are welcome Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket will be joining us very shortly if you have a question for Jane regarding a pet in your household you can text or whatsapp on that number 0862103103 103, or call bernie on 0818103103 103. and the premier league live is back on c103.ie with trevor Welsh this saturday from midday powered by talk sports and we'll be bringing you live coverage of aston villa and arsenal at 12.30 it's not far as taking on man city at 3 and then newcastle united will take on liverpool at 5.30 the premier league live online with harvey North Your home of the big screen You can listen Saturdays on the C103 app Or go to c103.ie The C103 Cork Diary
1: With Cork County Council Where communities and businesses all across the county Can get the support they need At corkcoco.ie.
2: Codolary Community Development, they're holding their weekly lotto draw. That's going ahead in the local community office this evening at four o'clock. This week's jackpot is €7,300. Euro. And staying with Bingo, Bingo in Mallow GAA Complex is going ahead tomorrow, Friday at 8.15pm. The jackpot there is €4,900. Euros and all funds raised go directly back to the running of Mallow GAA. And Codolary Bingo goes ahead this Friday evening at 8pm in the store at the Creamery Yard and doors open there at 7pm and the jackpot is 1,360 euro and Tully Lee's drama group and they're back after a long break with Tommy Maron's play Nobody's Talking to Me it's opening in Tully Lee's Hall on this coming Saturday and it runs on Sunday Friday 24th and Sunday 26th at 8pm nightly and the hilarious play The Parish that will be performed by the Hubcap Theatre Company in Dunamore Community Centre and that goes ahead this Sunday and you can get tickets there from local shops or indeed on the door on the night. And a snowdrop open day garden will be held in aid of Cancer Research in CUH this Sunday from 11am to 5pm. It's taking place at Bride Park Cottage in Columne. Tea, coffee and light refreshments will be served on the day. An admission there is 10 euros. And again, all raised going to Cancer Research in CUH. If you have a non-for-profit or indeed charity event that you would like to include on our Cork Diary, you can email diary at C103.ie
0: this is Cork Today on C103.
1: Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at C103.ie.
2: And your pet questions are welcome. Jane Pickish will be along very shortly from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. You can call Bernie N0818103103 or a text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And what I mentioned there earlier from people, and I see a WhatsApp in from Eleanor also and others like Anne who received those letters this morning from. The HSC saying that their data uh, was used as part of that cyber attack on the HSC in 2021. Uh, overall, the HSC, when they are obviously researching this with the various authorities, there's no evidence that any of the illegally accessed information has been used in criminal scams or fraud. Uh, a small amount of information that did appear. In the or on the dark web in May 2021. It was later taken down but the dark web is part of the internet that you can only really get at if you're using special computer programs but so far uh, any information that was taken uh, has not been used or the evidence of scams or information from this cyber attack have not been used so that is something positive as well. Mention, mentioned that uh, so there's no indication that people are affected but still like everything beware and be careful what you receive by text uh, and indeed uh, by email or social media by way of the links and stuff like that we spoke regarding what has been at the moment spoken about in Doyle Aaron regarding the cabinet meeting on the energy credits the 200 euro energy credits the Greens don't want to give any more until later in the year the government want to give one again in the summer and mixed views on this but someone here is saying I think that electricity credit is the fairest way as everyone benefits these social welfare bonus payments like fuel allowances and double children allowance which aren't very fair because not everyone one can benefit from them but with the electric credits everyone does benefit Uh, so it's the fairest way says that texter while someone else saying has anybody noticed the price of heating oil is going down and no one is talking or moaning about it it just amazes me well we did discuss that last week on the show uh, a few people had been in contact with us and did uh, notice that as well and yes it is on the downturn at the moment uh, so if you are looking for oil heating uh, it is uh, thankfully for the moment anyhow uh, going down on price even though when you look at fuel then petrol and diesel isn't going down as much but for home heating oil at the moment anyway it isn't as high as it was uh, before December. Uh, your views are welcome, and indeed your pet questions for Jane. She's coming up next year on the show. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 or call Bernie 0818 103 103. Jane will join us next. today on scene 103. Call Patricia with your comment 0818 103 103. And just while we were discussing uh, the situation, first of all, regarding electricity, John is in Cove. And while we are all advised to switch from one provider to another when our contract is up. John got a letter from Electric Ireland. His contract is up in March, so he phoned them and asked how much would they reduce his bill if he stayed on as a loyal customer. And they said, cash customers will not get any bonus. You have to pay by direct debit to get a bonus. And John feels that that is discrimination. And yeah, a lot of companies are like that. If you pay by cash, if you go into the various shops, the pay points or wherever you pay, uh, if there is a bonus scheme or if there is some other various schemes, they won't apply to those who pay by cash. And we would wonder about that because we're all trying to keep post offices and those uh, pay point shops open. So if you go direct debit, there's less people going into those locations. So yeah, uh, and people would agree with you there on that, John. Uh, that Like a comment we had earlier on the week with the GAA is cash king. And should you have the alternative to pay either cash or uh, tap or like uh, the situation here, take it out of your bank account. Anyhow, thank you, John, for your call. Uh, two oh eight one eight one oh three one oh three. And when we were speaking regarding the Green Party and the situation on fuel and the situation regarding the EU and the petrol and diesel cars to be banned from 2035, and a lot of people asking about airlines and why there is electric airlines in America and there'll be more of those in use just to regional cities across America transatlantic I can't find any mention of that or any mention of laws coming in regarding transatlantic flights so John in on this to say uh, John Paul I have downloaded the plane tracker app on my phone I know the app John and it says it has opened my eyes the amount of planes pumping around us and burning fuel down on us so who is fooling who keep our petrol and diesel Cars cars. This is a pure joke uh, says John on text to 0862 103 103. And yeah, you have to look at that app and see the amount of planes uh, flying around us, and even if you look at the amount of planes over major cities like London or New York or, or even Dublin, uh, and Cork to a, a degree as well, uh, you will see the uh, enormous amount of planes gathered in one location. So yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you there, John, regarding what are they going to do to the aviation industry? We'll have to wait and see. Now, pet questions are welcome. Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in new market part of the mill street veterinary group joins us on this thursday afternoon good afternoon to you jane
6: good afternoon john paul how are you doing
2: i'm fine how are you keeping good thank you now a lot of questions in so we'll get straight into them and this jane is from james and james has a 10 year old active border collie now he says the border collie is getting very stiff in his back legs especially in the evening and night time and sits or lies a lot of the time then would it be arthritis and if it is is there anything they can give him to help him says james
6: Okay, so well done for noticing that change in pattern in your dog's behaviour. If he is sitting or lying more and less active, less inclined to kind of get up and move around and be kind of as 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 loose and as limber as usual, then that would generally be a sign of discomfort. And it may, particularly an older dog, one of the most common things that we see would be osteoarthritis. Now, the important thing here is you've noticed it. And that means that there's a lot that can be done to help your pet. So first protocol of call would be to bring him to your vet for a checkover. And he'll do a full physical examination. He might manipulate the limbs, just assess how stiff they are, what the range of motion is, and have a discussion with you about your dog's habits and the change in them that you've noticed. It may be, depending on what the vet finds, they may need to do some x-rays just to confirm the diagnosis or explore other things that could be going on. But if it were to be something like osteoarthritis, and that is by far and away the most common thing we would see in our older pets that are stiff, there is a huge amount we can do as regards medication. So I would normally suggest that in these patients, prioritizing their comfort is the really, really big thing. So making sure that these guys are comfortable so that they can keep as mobile as possible because the more uncomfortable they are the less inclined to move they are and then they get knock on changes in their muscle so they get a lot of muscle wastage so that in turn makes it a little bit harder for them to get up and about so it kind of compounds the problem so you know movement is, is really important for these guys but they need to be comfortable and able to be, to be able to move properly so there's lots of different pain medication that can be given on an ongoing basis and um, it really depends on your own pet situation and um, any other health concerns that they may have in the background as to what will be the most suitable for your pet and you know sometimes it can be a case of, of a few medications may need to be tried at various points to optimize your pet's comfort so I would say working closely with your vet to find pain control that will help your pet to move well and remain comfortable and have a great quality of life is really really key. Now lots of people ask me about supplements for osteoarthritis. So I suppose the most common one that you or I as humans would take is something um, like like um, glucosamine and chondroitin. Now, there is a little bit of evidence for glucosamine use in dogs, um, but I would make sure that you use uh, a dog safe product. So I would speak to you about which products to use, because obviously we want to make sure that the dose and the preparation is safe For your pet. So there are a number of those on the market. So have a chat with your vet if you want to to pursue something like that. What I will say though is that those additives, although they can help to support joint and bone health, they're not going to undo the the osteoarthritis if it is there, and they're not going to help with pain relief. It's more kind of future proofing and and helping to slow the progression of things, but it's not going to help their quality of life as regards their comfort. So don't rely on the joint supplements to do the job. It is really, really key that if your pet is stiff and uncomfortable, that they get pain relief medication. So visit your vet. Really, really well done for noticing that subtle change. So I think time to bring it to the attention of your vet. Get your pet checked out and best of luck with getting them nice and comfortable.
2: Okay, James, hopefully that helps you out there, all that advice. And then Nikki in Watergrass Hill, Jane, they have a Labrador. The Labrador is five years old, male and neutered. But only in the last three months, he seems to be going outside and eating the gravel on their driveway. He's never done this before. Is he lacking something or why all of a sudden is he obsessed with the gravel on the driveway?
6: Okay, this is an interesting one. Um, so I, again, the most common common thing I get asked is, you know, if they're eating stones or they're eating things outside, are they lacking in something? Um, this is a behavior called pika, would be the this kind of scientific name for eating inappropriate things. Now, pika in pets is is sometimes quite common. Um, some dogs like to eat things they're not meant to, and some of them will kind of get a fixation on things like stone and gravel. Now, it's really important to discourage this behavior because it can be really dangerous. Lots of the stones and gravel can get stuck in the tummy and cause really quite catastrophic damage so i suppose as the first and foremost thing i would suggest would be try and restrict his access to this area if you can or only let him there when he's supervised so that he doesn't eat these things um what I will say is that it's very unlikely that he's lacking in something. Um, most pets, you know, they don't present with this behavior unless they, they kind of have really, really significant um, deficiencies. And to be honest, in in dogs in this day and age, it may have something that historically hundreds of years may have happened when they didn't have kind of balanced diets, but the diets that we feed our pets these days are usually quite balanced so it's rare that they're really lacking in something to the to the extent where they would go and seek out other objects to satisfy that if you have concerns about your pet's health if you feel that he's unwell in any other way I would visit the vet to get them checked out sometimes we can run bloods just to make sure that everything in the background is good but I would say in this situation it's most likely behavioral so first steps keep your pet safe keep them away from it Second step is I would give them a little bit more um, mental stimulation. So try and interact with your pet. Maybe start training um, as that's really, really good for kind of interaction and getting that brain activated. But then maybe give them something else that they can safely chew on. So get a... You know, get a really robust toy that they can safely chew and gnaw at and satisfy that kind of mental need for chewing and gnawing that dogs have that he may be trying to satisfy by chewing and gnawing on really hard stones. So, I would say you just need to keep that brain engaged, keep them safe, keep them away from the stones, and try and move that behavior onto something safer like a new toy
2: okay and on whatsapp someone is asking uh, can what can i give my dog for sore gums now he is an old dog and can't go under anaesthetics. so any advice for this person jane
6: okay so if he has sore gums then that's you know that's a really difficult situation and it's one we see all too commonly in older pets in, in older pets if they do have certain health conditions yes anesthetics to do dentals can be a little bit riskier but they're usually not impossible And it really is a case of weighing up for that pet, the level of discomfort that they have with their dental disease and and the risk of anesthesia. So what I would say is I wouldn't write off having dental work done as an absolute no. Have a discussion with your vet about your concerns and and assess the teeth and go from there. Because in the vast majority of cases with dental disease, if there's existing dental disease and really sore gums, it really is dental work under anaesthetics to, let's say, remove any of the rotten teeth and scale and polish to improve the gum health and deal with any secondary infections that's required. And it it's a very difficult thing to manage without doing that. So I would say speak to your vet about it again really think about how much it's impacting on your on your pet's quality of life you know having sore, sore gums and sore teeth we know from ourselves with toothache can, it can be really really um crippling and it can be really really unpleasant so you know it's really about balancing those risks versus the benefits in our older pets and look I don't envy you it's always a very difficult thing to do but I would advise having another chat with your vet about that
2: Alright and another Jane in Mallow uh, she has a male cat neutered but is constantly trying to pee so this cat drinks a lot of water Uh, He looks in good health, but he seems a bit hyper at times. So took the little cat along to the vet uh, and the vet gave uh, the cat antibiotics, but they don't seem to be doing any good. Uh, The cat is still uh, trying to pee and I presume looks as if, you know, it's trying to pee, but not having any luck. So any advice uh, for another Jane and Mallow?
6: Okay, if your cat is trying to pee, so he's kind of posturing to try and pee, but mm-hmm. nothing's coming out, I would say you need to go and see your vet kind of ASAP. Sometimes, particularly in male cats, that can like, that can mean that they have little crystal buildups in their bladder that's stopping them from peeing. And that can be an emergency. So I really would advise that if your pet is straining to pee, but being unproductive, so not producing anything, you need to see your vet straight away with that pet. If that's not the case and they're just peeing everywhere, I would still see your vet because, you know, a lot of the time if they've had a course of treatment of antibiotics as vets, we don't know that that hasn't resolved the problem unless you come and let us know. And then we can move on to the next stage of the diagnostic plan. And that may be, let's say, things like, oh, like urine samples, sending samples to the lab. Ultrasounding the bladder and the kidneys there's plenty that can be done to assess the situation but you need to let your vet know that that hasn't done the trick um, so that they can they can work with you to make a solid plan to, to get your cat better
2: Alright so I head back to the vet and say those antibiotics haven't done the job and then finally uh, Aidan in Bantry was in touch with us and this is something you mentioned when it came to vitamins earlier uh, with our first question regarding arthritis uh, and also you mentioned I think with the gravel but uh, this is his dog who he feels during the winter months now it's, it's a Labrador it's only uh, the dog's only four years old neutered but he feels his Labrador gets very tired in the winter months compared to the summer months and he's asking when you mentioned about vitamins like we would take for humans should we be giving vitamins to dogs during the winter months like vitamin C and vitamin D
6: Hmm. it's an interesting one so i i know certainly in countries that don't i suppose that aren't tropical and have beautiful amounts of sunlight uh, as humans we sometimes need some some vitamin vitamin d top up that phenomenon is not really documented with dogs and cats, as far as I am aware. So there's no real, um, let's say, evidence base for supplementing them. Now, what I will say is that it can actually be quite dangerous to start supplementing with multivitamins for your pets, both dogs and cats, because it's a really fine balance that they have, particularly with their bone density um, for, for the minerals there that will keep everything ticking over nicely and not cause issues. So I would really hesitate to supplement your pets, vitamins and minerals without really kind of solid veterinary need to do so and in conjunction with a veterinarian it's really rare that there are situations where that needs to be done if you're feeding a good quality balanced diet is usually all they need to keep them well
2: okay interesting but thanks to Aidan and Bantry for that and uh, Jane we'll chat to you next week thank you Brilliant. Thank you, JP. Take care. That is Jane Pickett there of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. And as we are talking about animals, we're going to hear on tomorrow's show about a party for dogs. Yes, a party for dogs. Uh, That's coming to Cork soon. That's it. We'll chat to you tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. I'm John Paul McNamara.